a lot of photographers struggle to be intentional about the words that they use because, you know, we want our images to speak for us. We want people to just see our work and say, that's it. That's what I want. But unfortunately, you know, this is an unbelievably saturated industry now. And your photos are beautiful, I promise. But at the same time, people now want to know what makes you different and why your cool photos are worth more than the photographer down the street. So that's a lot of what I do is I help people look into their process, look into their experience, talk to their past clients, and be really, really intentional about the specific words and the order of those words to make sure that they're converting people on their website that are just looking to people that are interested in buying what they're selling. Welcome to the Archipelago Photography Podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sean Morton. This podcast is brought to you by Archipelago Presets, a community of photographers united by a passion for our craft and a growing collection of some of the world's finest Lightroom presets and post-production tools. As a way of thanking you for tuning in, we're offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at archipelagopresets.com and use the code PODCAST20 to redeem this special offer. Rachel Griman is a copywriter and photographer and the founder of Green Chair Stories. Rachel has created a business helping photographers find their voice and build better copy for their websites and client interactions. In this interview, we chat about intention, feelings, and other concepts that will help photographers not only create amazing client experiences, but truly stand out in the sea of sameness. Let's dive in. Well, Rachel, listen, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. Well, listen, I got to ask because I think it's kind of cool. Do you want to give us a little bit of a uh, behind the scenes of why your business is called Green Chair Stories? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the green chair is a real thing and it does live in my house. It is now kind of the dog's chair, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, so before I became a writer and a photographer on my own, I was a writer and photographer at a nonprofit. And I worked in the nonprofit field for almost a decade. Cool. And my last full-time job was at a rescue mission um, and we decorated our offices with donated furniture. So one of my first days on the job, I went into the big warehouse full of furniture mm -hmm. looking for a desk and a chair and all this. And I found, I saw this like amazing velvet green armchair in the corner. And I was like, oh, I got to have that. And a big part of my job was interviewing people. So I wanted somewhere comfortable for people to sit. Yeah. And I worked there for a little more than two years and um, again, it was a rescue mission. So we worked with a lot of people, um, who were experiencing homelessness. And so I went from people who, you know, literally lived on the street to the CEO of our organization sat in the chair yeah. and my girlfriends that I worked with. And it just was, it was kind of therapeutic for a lot of people. Yeah. My office was real dim yeah. and it sat right across from me. And I would like to think I'm not a very intimidating person at five, two, um, <laughs> And so people would always stand up after, you know, spilling their guts to me. A lot of people cried in that chair yeah. and they would just say, man, there's something about this green chair. <laughs> and I was like, I know it, it called to me from across the warehouse. So I knew there was something special about it. 
And then as I started to photograph more families and I started to write for people outside of my organization, um, I realized that the green chair was kind of a metaphor for my work. I wanted to create, like me, myself, and I, I wanted to create a an environment where people felt really comfortable and where yeah. people felt like they could be themselves. Yeah. So I realized um, it was a girlfriend of mine actually suggested naming my company it when I started because everybody loved the green chair so much. Yeah. Um, so that's where the story came from. That's where the name came from. And it still absolutely applies today. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. So now Rachel, of course I have you on today because we want to talk about copywriting specifically, yeah. but I want, I want to dive into a couple of sort of little side stories maybe before we really get into that. And the first is that uh, you just kind of took a little bit of a hiatus, didn't you? Yes, I did. I mean, I was working the whole time. I just was not publicly working. Right. Um, I had a baby last June, you know, peak pandemic. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> yeah, he was my second. And yeah. so we went from full-time childcare and a plan for full-time childcare to none. Right. And um, just through my first couple months with him and trying to figure out working and balancing two kids and being cooped up in the city and my husband working full-time, it was just – it was a little bit of a nightmare and I found yeah. myself scrolling a ton on social media and yeah. just consuming a lot of doom. And it was really overwhelming for my little postpartum heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I just realized, you know, my business is going to be fine without it. I can take a break from this. I do not live and die by this app, specifically Instagram. Yeah. And so I took a break from all social media for about six weeks. And then I kept going with Instagram and I was off for like eight or nine months, I think total. Wow. Um, just because I would, I started to look at my life as content, specifically my kids as content. Right. Yeah. And I just, it was exhausting. Yeah. I wanted to just experience my moments rather than feel like they needed to be documented in a way that could make me money. Yeah. And it was the healthiest thing that I did during the pandemic, and I'm so grateful that I did it. Um, and my business survived. I, some might argue it thrived. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always been a business that's been run mostly on referrals. Mm -hmm. um, I did come back to Instagram this summer, and I completely detoxed my followers, like or my following. So I deleted over 500 people just because I only wanted it to be business. And I stopped posting my kids on my feed. Yeah. That way my time with them is just for them. And I'm not thinking about how to spin it into content. Cause that's yeah. just not how I want a mother, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's really made me see it as a tool for business rather than something that I do mindlessly and just scroll aimlessly. Um, Cause I think especially as creatives, copywriters, photographers, we can sit there and just kind of think we're working, even mm. though it's totally sucking us in to this orbit of numbing. And um, I think some people have better boundaries than others, but yes. I needed that time away to create some really good boundaries with um, myself and just with the app. I know that sounds a little bit silly, but we use social media more than we talk to some of our closest people. Yeah. And so I've kind of treated it like its own relationship and you get what you allow. So I don't allow it to kind of dictate my life anymore. That's, that's really amazing. And I think you really hit it, you know, hit the nail on the head there because as photographers, I, I feel it and I, and I see it too. We get, we get caught in that trap of, you know, feeling busy, feeling like we're doing something, but maybe, mm -hmm. maybe it's not, 
really productive time. And and also too the idea of how are you know how are we using Instagram? What's you know what's our what's our end goal? What's our purpose in right? How we're using it? How we're interacting with it? The content we're creating? You know, is it providing value for our business? So there's all really big questions, and and I think you sort of touched on a lot of that there. Well, I also think, and I know this is, I'm harping on the same thing over and over, but I think that when we are telling ourselves it's work, we're not even really enjoying the benefits that it does bring because Instagram can be a really social thing where you connect with people that you don't live close to, Mm -hmm. or you can watch funny things. And I think that it serves a good purpose, especially in a time when we're not connected to other people because of a global pandemic. Like there's a lot of really good things that can come out of it. But I know for myself, when I'm telling myself that it's for work, I don't even get to enjoy those benefits. So it's like a double negative. So I think going into it saying, am I opening this to scroll and to consume or am I opening this to work? Just having an intention made all the difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually let's, you know, I'd, I'd like to sort of segue because you mentioned a word there. Uh, that I think we can dive into a little more specifically, uh, and that is the concept of intention. Do you want to maybe dive into that and specifically how it relates to, I mean, you can be as broad as you want, but we can talk about, you know, website copy, which is kind of your your jam, right? We can talk about intention in relation to that, but also, you know, in, in the way we use social media and everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to incorporate more of it into my life because I think, especially in the phase of having little kids, you can kind of just like let life happen at you. And in business, if you feel overwhelmed, you kind of just follow what's working rather than becoming strategic. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of photographers struggle to be intentional about the words that they use because, you know, we want our images to speak for us. We want people to just see our work and say, that's it. That's what I want. But unfortunately, you know, this is an unbelievably saturated industry now. And, your photos are beautiful, I promise, but they're also, to an untrained eye, they look the same to yes, everyone. Yes. And um, I don't want to take away from the fact that the people listening are very, very talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, people now want to know what makes you different and why your cool photos are worth more than the photographer down the street. Like, mm-hmm. why do why should I pay for yours when she or he is, you know, a couple thousand dollars cheaper. And so that's what your words can do. And I think if you're intentional about the words that you use to talk about yourself and your business, it can make all the difference. And um, specifically about website copy, a lot of photographers just do the bare minimum when it comes to words. Mm -hmm. You know, I am just going to put my images on display on a portfolio page, have a quick little bio that is has no personality. And then a contact page where I tell you, I'm going to get back to you within 48 hours. And you know, that'll be good. People will come. And I, that just doesn't cut it (laughs) at this point. So that's a lot of what I do is I help people look into their process, look into their experience, talk to their past clients and be really, really intentional about the specific words and the order of those words to make sure that they're converting people on their website that are just looking to people that are interested in buying what they're selling. Mm -hmm. How do you, when you're working with clients, how would you prepare someone to really understand their intention? Um, That's a great question. Every client starts out with about a 30 to 40 question questionnaire with Mm -hmm. us. 
and it's pretty intense. Like a lot of people are like, wow, that felt a little bit like therapy. <laughs> and uh, because honestly, 90% of it we won't use in the co in the actual copy. Yeah. But what they write informs how much we know about them yeah. and how they interact with their clients, what they think about themselves versus what their clients say about them. Mm -hmm. So that questionnaire really, really starts the intention or gets their wheels spinning about how they talk about themselves and how they might change how they talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. Because part of that process too, is we interview their past clients, at least two or three. And so we have not ammunition, but we have data of how people talk about them and what yeah. people say about their experience. Yeah. And so we can kind of see where it doesn't line up, how they're currently communicating about what they do versus how other people communicate about what they do. Yeah. And we have to find that perfect middle of the Venn diagram of like what their clients want and how who they are and what they offer serves that. So yeah. where that center is, is where we go all in. But it is as simple as you know, do your clients call it images or do they call it photography? Right. Do they call it their gallery or do they call it their slideshow? Like mm -hmm. little tiny things like that are really, really important. Interesting. And how, and, and this, this maybe is, is, is hard to answer, but how do you help people really find their voice? Because I think, and, and I mean, I can speak from personal experience, um, you know, I, sort of in the being in the middle of, you know, sort of rebranding and, and making a move, uh, you know, from mm -hmm. one city to another, um, you know, how do you help someone really find their voice? Because I, I think that's challenging for people. I mean, we all, I think as photographers want, think we want to portray something, but it isn't always us. It's not always honest, right? Oh, absolutely. I think not just photographers, anyone that is not in the practice of writing, sits down to write something and this like weird CEO of Costco <laughs> comes out. Like it is just this bizarre like Frankenstein version of all the professional emails they've ever read in their lives. And so what my job is, and I think that's why the questionnaire is so important because by the end you can kind of see and hear and feel them getting into a groove and being yeah. honest yeah. because we're asking questions about where they grew up, what their family's like, what their relationship is like with them. You know, it's not just about their business. It's about who they are. Mm -hmm. Because I find that if you ask a personal question, even if it has nothing to do with I'm gonna, what I'm going to write for them, mm -hmm. you can really get a feel for their tone yeah. and for how, when they're talking about something personal, how they speak. You just kind of want to get them out of that headspace of, I am talking to a client right now. Yeah. Therefore, you know, nobody would ever, ever say therefore. And that's another big thing. We have a really long conversation with them before we write anything. And we are taking notes the entire time hmm. about words they say, their inflection, how they talk about things. Because especially for photographers, I want your site. I want every single line of copy on your site to be something you would say in real life. Yeah. That way you're creating a completely holistic experience for your clients. So when they read what's on your site, they're never surprised at yeah. who shows up to the engagement session or the family session or the wedding. They feel like it's completely fluid mm -hmm. because those people that feel like they got the same person at every single touch point from Instagram to their site, to meeting them, to working with them, to the delivery, yeah. those are the people that are going to refer you to other people. Right. And the whole point of copy is to build the like, no trust factor. You want people to know you, to like you and to trust you ultimately. Hmm. 
And so if your copy does that, but it doesn't sound like you actually sound in real life, then that trust is broken. Yeah. So the way to find someone's voice is to listen to them talk and to be truthful. I think we help someone find it, but we also tell them what their voice is. Right. It's our job as copywriters to say, I know you think this is who you are as a professional, but you actually are like this because not only did we notice that on the call, but your client said that to us too. And it's always positive. Yeah. It's usually just a little different than how people perceive themselves. Right. You, you mentioned a, a word there probably three or four times in this last little bit, and it was feel or feelings. And so yeah. can, can you talk about why feelings matter? And maybe the important thing is, is uh, you know, specifically your, your, your potential client's feelings. Yeah. So something that's really important, kind of like sales psychology 101, is that people think that they purchase... Um, with their logic Mm -hmm. and with their thoughts, but they really purchase because of emotion. So it's okay that people think that you don't need to change their mind or tell them on your site. Like (laughs) I'm actually tugging on your heartstrings. Yeah. (laughs) But you want to do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Your words need to, um, kind of just like bring forth a feeling in them. Mm -hmm. And even if people think they're the most logical decision maker in the world, and at some point logic does enter the chat, you know, like they're going to bring in their brain at some point. So it's not like you can ignore it completely, but to hook people when they land on your site, you have like point something seconds to get people's attention. Now to hook them, you have to really appeal to how they feel. And then, it's very important to know how they feel. You can't assume. You have to ask. So again, I know I keep going back to this, but that's why we interview past clients. It's not just what their experience was after they hired them. The real question that you want to ask and the real feeling that you want to convey is what made you say yes? Mm -hmm. What was it about your interaction with this person that made you say, yeah, that's it. That pushed me over the edge from maybe to yes. Because that's who's visiting your site, people who have not agreed to hire you yet. You can tell them all the bells and whistles of what you do, but what you need to find out is why people were convinced in the first place, and then you lead with that. And it's usually a very emotional thing. Yeah. Interested in getting new preset and profile collections every month? Then you need to check out Archipelago Quest. Quest subscribers will get fresh new photo editing tools every month along with bonus tutorials and educational content. For only $8 a month, Quest is a real game changer in the preset world. As a bonus, we have a limited time offer for our podcast listeners to get their first month of Quest for free. From now until the end of September, use the code PODCAST36 when you sign up for this special offer. That's PODCAST36. Head over to archipelagoquest.com and check it out. Now, on with the show. What What are some really... I mean, this maybe is hard to answer and it may be very broad, but what are some really, you know, simple things photographers can do to, to improve their, their website copy? 
Well, first of all, not starting their homepage with a blurb about themselves. <laughs> yeah. I think this was kind of the format for a long time. And I always feel bad. I feel like even on Instagram, sometimes I'll like, it sounds like I'm criticizing someone for doing something. But what I really mean is like, hey, you're in good company. All of you do this. We're just shifting now. Like, yeah. let me help the group of you. I'm not yeah. calling anyone out. It's more that I think there was just kind of a template and a format for a while of here's a gallery that slides like a little mini slideshow on the homepage. And then right under that is a picture of the photographer and who you are and what you do. Yeah. So sales, again, you need to appeal to emotion. They don't have any emotion about you yet or about their photos. Mm -hmm. So a way that you can separate yourselves from the pack, let's say they have 15 tabs open of people that they're looking at. I mean, let's hope not, but maybe, um, Guilty. If you, if you're <laughs> one of just, if you're one of just a few of those people that has something that appeals to who they are right when they land on your site, that's going to hold their attention yeah. rather than saying, my name's Rachel and this is what I offer you. Yeah. You give them a headline or a sentence that pulls them in. And that is about their unique experience right now yeah. um, of planning a wedding, of being overwhelmed, of looking at photographers that kind of thing. Um, another common thing in copy is that people will tell you to speak to pain points, you know, really show them that you know what they're going through. And I completely agree with it. That, I mean, that is copy 101. I'm not mm -hmm. going to say that's wrong. Yeah. I just feel like after working with this demographic for five years and writing for almost 300 photographers, I think I call them joy points rather than kind of agitating their frustration with the wedding planning process and with finding a photographer, I think you can do that somewhere, just not right away. Yeah. When people get to your homepage, join them in their excitement, join them in their joy that they're experiencing right now, right now. Like what if you can be the person that reminds them of how exciting this phase is. And so I try to write copy that touches on joy, like specific joy points for specific people, mm -hmm. according to, you know, their demographic and their past client interviews. But that's something that I think can do better too. Cause I think some photographers take a course or read a book and they hear about pain points and they lead with, I know it's so overwhelming to plan a wedding. And mm -hmm. I just wonder, even though that's true, I just wonder if that's what I would want to attract as a photographer. How do you then carry that through? So of course, you know, you want to, you want to get them excited. You want to evoke those, you want to tug at their heartstrings, right? You want mm -hmm. them to be interested. How do you carry that through? Because obviously them landing on your site, being interested, they're going to send that, you know, fill out that contact form. But what then, you know, what, how do you ensure that those clients, how do you help photographers retain those clients, I guess, through, through other avenues and through other ways of using copy? Yeah, I'm obsessed with email communication. I think it should always be an extension of your website. And whatever voice and tone you use on Instagram and on your website absolutely should carry through. Um, so I think just being so, so super clear about what they can expect. And I actually sell email templates for photographers for every step of their workflow to make sure that they're communicating often and well. Mm -hmm. And that way your client feels really taken care of from the first email they get from you. You know, yeah. in my client inquiry response, I always say, you know, I respect your time. Like I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you can't do right now. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. So I think just 
delivering on what you promise. I feel like in website copy, sometimes people make these really big claims about what they do. Mm -hmm. And then in the moment they get really overwhelmed and their couples feel a little bit like, or families feel like what's going on? What's next? When can I hear from you? And if you have a process, a workflow and emails to back up that workflow, you're, they're going to feel taken care of and it's going to be seamless for you because it's just automated. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you do for photographers. So, so of course, you know, your your specialty is is in developing copy. But what 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 specifically are you offering? Like, what are some of your services, yeah. and and how can uh, how can you help photographers sort of bridge that gap and and find their voice? Yeah. So I we do full service copywriting for people who want the whole shebang. I have two writers on my team. We're about to hire one more. And so me or a, an associate, and they've all been with me for two or more years at this point. Yeah. So they've each written, I think my one writer has written 65 sites in the past three years, wow. <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. But so they, my associates only do full site copy. That's their bread and butter. They write more than I do at this point. Yeah. Um, and then I offer, I call them green chair glow ups <laughs> because <laughs> it basically just takes what you already have and glows it up. It's a site audit. I am yeah. writing some lines of copy for people to use, but it's basically just helping them see themselves the way other people see them and empowering them to keep updating their copy and help just really helping them find their tone and voice. And that's just a much smaller offering. And then yeah. I have a DIY guide for people who are just starting out that don't really know anything about writing copy or how to market their business or how to even set up a website. It takes them through my full process that we do with full clients, but it's in a guide so people can just follow step-by-step how to write their site. Cool. And that's like specifically for photographers. And then we do offer email templates for wedding photographers and this fall I'll do family templates as well. So just to like, I just felt I was writing this really great copy that claimed all of these things and I wanted to help photographers have a process that backed it up yeah 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 that's amazing and where can people find you online so I am back on Instagram just with a lot less kid content (laughs) (laughs) at green chair stories yep um and then just greenchairstories.com those are the two best places to find me amazing amazing well uh, you know what we could probably talk for hours on specifics (laughs) of this but really I mean as you're as you're talking, I'm I'm like resisting the urge right now to take a hundred notes on how to I... fix my website personally. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'm sure uh, our listeners are going to find a, a ton of really great resources just in this little chat we had here. And of course, uh, then they can go online and, and follow you on Instagram and, and uh, check out your services through your website too as well. So yeah, awesome. Thank you so yeah. much, Sean. Really appreciate it, Rachel. It was a great chat. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Cheers. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Rachel Griman and Green Chair Stories, head over to greenchairstories.com. There, podcast listeners can save 15% with the code archipelago15. You can also find Rachel on Instagram at greenchairstories. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Please be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen as it helps others discover our show. Thanks again. Until next time.